like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prudes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. I'm Primal Peaky. Thank you for joining me for another BDSM United podcast. Uh, as with a lot of things in BDSM, we talk about and use terms that say something exists, but we oftentimes don't tell you how to do the thing that exists. Uh, today's podcast is a how-to. How do you get your sub in to subspace. This was uh, originally coming from an article written by someone named Sasha Lee Kong. And uh, we're using their article as notes for today's podcast. This is really good, though. I think you'll enjoy it. Although everyone into BDSM scenes has heard of things like endorphins, very few people really understand what they are how they work, and what the high is all about, and how one can induce the body to produce things like endorphins. Today's podcast will be a short primer, and we'll answer those questions, and it will serve as a guide for anyone who's topping another person so that they may successfully send their bottom into a deep endorphin stupor, also known as leaving them in a big puddle of quivering ecstasy. The endorphin high is caused by a bunch of natural morphine-like chemicals that our own bodies pump into our brains to reduce sensitivity to pain, thus raising our pain threshold. The fact that the body seems to release these endorphins in measured loads is a key to understanding how to play with the body and play to make the body produce these loads and release them into the body in the brain region when the load is ready. You have to keep in mind that another chemical, adrenaline, is also produced by the body in reaction to pain and its behavior should be understood also in how these play together or against each other. The endorphin loads as they're available in the body are released in their entirely in sorry their entirety and after a load is released it takes the body about 10 minutes to generate the chemicals for another one. After the body has been induced to release a load into the system, you must then continue stimulating the body for at least around 10 minutes in some manner before the body will be ready to release another load of endorphins. This stimulation can be just about anything. It can be sensation play, a light paddling, a flogging, a light caning. It doesn't have to be intense or even nearly match the intensity of the stimulation 
that caused the release of the last load. Once prepared, an increase in stimulation over a five-minute span up to a measured climax will trigger the body to, uh, to release freshly prepared load of endorphins based upon the submissive's current pain threshold. And so armed with this information, what should a session or a scene look like from the top's and the bottom's point of view? When a scene first starts, there's no endorphins within the submissive. And even fairly light torment is often very stingy, ouchy, and well painful. This is often why we warm up the skin. There's an endorphin reserve already in place that's awaiting release into one's body in case of an emergency. And after just a few minutes of even relatively mild stimulation, building to a mild climax, this reserve load is released. And suddenly the pain threshold clearly rises and the bottom can easily tolerate what earlier may have been pushing their limits, making them jump around and squirm early on, for instance. This new, more pain-tolerant state, we will call level one. There's no altered state of consciousness yet, but there is an increased pain threshold. Once this has happened, for the top, it's basically just about treading water for about 10 minutes and doing anything that provides relatively light but constant stimulation to induce the bottom's body to prepare or create their next load of endorphins for re release. This is a good time for sensation play, light paddling, light flogging, light whipping, and since the only requirement is that it remain fairly constant stimulation, it's a chance for the top to relax for a bit. And since the stimulation can be very mild and be easy and it's very easy and relaxing to apply during this time. Once the 10 minutes has passed, a build in intensity over a subsequent five minute period will excite the body to a peak and a sudden 10 to 15 seconds or so of intense stimulation just beyond the person's current pain threshold limit will trigger the body to eject its freshly made current load of endorphins into the bloodstream. Now the bottom will be at what we will call level two. With still no perceivable altered state of consciousness beyond panting and relief that you, the top, have ceased with the intense bit. But there's a considerable and noticeable leap in pain threshold now. Following this again, 10 minutes of mild, easy stimulation to provoke the body into generating the next load as quickly as possible. Keep this well below the pain threshold you've now created with just a little intense whack every so often about a minute apart. This will keep the adrenaline build up to a minimum for reasons that we'll explain in just, in just a moment. Take it easy, tops. Relax, rest your arm and wrist a bit. 
Then this relaxing 10 minutes is followed with five minutes of building the intensity again to well above the previous level. As the bottom's pain threshold is pretty high right now, and it can take a lot more before the body interprets this as being in crisis and therefore triggers another endorphin release. Finish off with 10 to 15 seconds up to a minute of real intense over-the-edge push, and the body will inject the next load. Now at what we will call level three, the bottom will definitely feel at least a bit woozy, exhibiting a mildly drugged state. Their eyelids should become heavier, and they'll fall into a more relaxed condition than before, with more low moans and groans and with their inhibitions becoming more relaxed. Again, applying 10 minutes of any relatively mild stimulation. You don't have to work hard as a top for this. Followed by a five minute build to a 10 to 15 second intense climate now, that is well beyond the previous one, will result in the next endorphin load being released to push the bottom into a very nice, what we will call level four headspace. At this level four state, there will be a very definite altered state of consciousness uh, and the bottom will feel clearly drugged and will be very compliant and submissive now. This is countered, however, by the largest charges of adrenaline they've, re they've received so far from that intense climax just used to push them over this edge. So they may still be quite communicative and their reaction time may still be quick, even hypersensitive. A small whack with a paddle or a cane or a whip can now generate a huge amount of twicking, twitching or jerking of the, the bottom's body. Now, during the 10 minutes of treading water period for the top, the moans and the groans will be longer and deeper. The body often limp in its restraints and reactions to the occasional harder strikes will be obvious and even somewhat amplified. This is really the top's finest time. They can still relax and obviously not be exerting themselves very hard, yet produce fine moans of ecstasy from their bottom with hardly any provocation. The pain threshold is high, even if the reaction time is increased due to the adrenaline. So harder occasional strikes are welcomed, and the reactions are certainly encouraging. After this 10-minute endorphin replenishment period, now it's, the, it's very important to be very sensitive to the limit levels crossed earlier as you begin that five-minute build in intensity that will end in the most intense limit pushing you might do at the bottom for this session, especially if you're stopping at what we will call level five. The bottom will have a very high pain threshold at this time, but also be fairly groggy in spite of the adrenaline-fueled reaction times and will be less able to communicate their safe word. In fact, uh, some will now be so compliant that it's very unlikely that they would use it, even if they should do so. So push this grand finale with finesse 
and sensitivity to what's going on with your bottom. At the other end of the 10 to 30 second climactic build in intensity on this level is a wonderful blast. This latest endorphin load will push the bottom into level five, a state of supreme ecstasy, what we call subspace. They'll be docile in the ability to take just about anything that you could throw at them. They'll become very limp and relaxed and be very clearly in an altered state of consciousness now. This is the point most people end the scene and remove the bottom to cloak them in a blanket and begin oftentimes all-important aftercare. And unless you know your bottom extremely well, this is often where the session or this scene should end. However, for those in that category of knowing their bottom's limits and abilities quite well, the rules and the timing are the same with the earlier segment, earlier levels. Now your mild stimulation could be fairly intense if you wanted it to be, and the bottom will become extremely submissive and receptive and oftentimes accepting of any amount of stimulation that you lay on them. This is a dangerous condition because there's no way for a person to utter a safe word oftentimes in this condition because most can barely talk at all. So it's best to keep the stimulation relatively intense, but not too intense. Again, finish off after the 10 minutes if you do continue at all with a building in intensity to one beyond that reached uh, that you reached earlier with another 10 to 15 second extreme point. Um, now, if you did continue, if you, uh, if you have are experienced in playing together, you know, it's safe. You know that they want, they have expressed that they want to continue or push it even farther um, you have reached an amazing level six. But again, this should only be attempted with a bottom whose limits and abilities are already very well known. The top is working without the benefit of safe words being utterable in most cases at this time. So you really want to be care careful, uh, really, really careful at this time, especially at this level. With all the adrenaline now in the body, as well as the complete release of inhibitions from the heavy dosing of endorphins now in their brain. Behavior of the bottom can become unpredictable at this point, and you should be prepared to restrain against wild thrashing, maybe arm flailing that could take place. Uh, the person or the bottom is going to be in such an intensely altered state of consciousness now that their reactions could possibly be uh, primitive in nature, and they may only make animal-like noises or reactions um, with very with no or very little recognizable speech. So definitely watch out. Um, you want to be very gentle. You want to talk soothingly. You want to gesture gesture in a calming manner. Um, at level six, a person is totally, for a lack of better words, gaga. Be assured they're enjoying 
the experience oftentimes and a very long period of dreaminess is now in store for them if their aftercare is handled properly. Um, the work of putting endorphins into a subject's body might be finished, but you also succeeded in putting a very large amount of adrenaline into their system, and adrenaline is tricky stuff. Even at level four, aftercare is important because of the way adrenaline burns off. It burns off pretty quickly compared to endorphins, which burn off rather slowly. At level five or six, there's enough adrenaline in the body that it'll generally take 10 to 20 minutes for it to burn off, maybe even up to half an hour. And during this time, the bottom will very likely experience a number of adrenaline crashes, similar in a way to uh, coming down from, like, coffee. And some of these can be very intense. It can even be frightening, especially if the bottom uh, has, is rather new or hasn't experienced a lot of these before. Um, the body will often need to be kept warm. And oftentimes they need to be held or at least comforted throughout this period of adrenaline burnoff. If you don't really care enough for the bottom to enjoy cuddling, caressing, or at least watching them and making sure that they're comfortable for up to half an hour, you probably shouldn't be taking them to a level six or perhaps anything above a level four. This adrenaline crash experience for the bottom is something many, many tops are unaware of and they don't generally have the concept of the amount of harm they could do to someone's psychological state by not performing adequate, comforting aftercare during this time. Even if you're just play partners and you're not romantic partners at all, you need to just make sure that you watch them and you make them comfortable as they come down during this crash time. They shouldn't just jump up from a scene and and leave right afterwards. There should be a period of time when they're allowed to um, come off of this endorphin and adrenaline rush. They may not need stroking or massage or other stimulus, uh, even if it's desired at, the at this time. What's important is to keep in verbal contact with the bottom, um, instructing them, uh, to, you know, every so often to relax and allow the, uh, you know, allow the high heartbeat, the breathing levels, and the situation to just really kind of come down. Um, the top's guidance is extremely important at this time to help them relax through the adrenaline burn-off period. The important thing to realize is that if not actually talked down out of this adrenaline agitation, the person could easily never allow themselves to relax enough to even feel the massive uh, amount of endorphins that exist in their system. So they're really kind of losing out on this subspace high. Um, these people are floating on a self-sustained adrenaline buzz. This is not only, or this not only is likely to be unhealthy, but bottoms are often cheating themselves out of the ecstasy of subspace 
if they jump up right after a scene and run off. And so you definitely want to um, encourage aftercare because it's a good part of the scene. You know, incorporate the aftercare into the scene so that they, uh, and make it part of the scene. So like I said, even if you're not romantic with the person, that they can get the full benefits of, uh, of subspace. I'm Primal Picky. Thank you for joining me uh, today. When we, you know, for this important how-to, uh, to how to induce subspace, um, we really kind of talked more about um, doing so, uh, mostly with like an impact scene, but really, uh, you know, any type of stimulation could be used. Uh, it just is limited by your own creativity, and so definitely explore. The, uh, Explore kink and explore scenes and, uh, you know, look for ways that you can induce subspace, uh, given uh, how you now understand how endorphins and adrenaline are loaded into the body. Um, I'm Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me for this BDSM United podcast. You can find all of our resources at www.bdsmunited.com. It's been a joy speaking with you today, and I'll talk with you again soon. Before you go, head on over and visit our friend Nookie at datingkinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of whips, chains, and duct tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.